You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another episode and welcome into another week of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Monday, September 23rd. 2019 your boy Q here with you after another Raiders loss they fall to the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 14 the first of five games away from the Oakland Coliseum so uh got a lot to unpack on today's show got a lot to talk about on today's show the good the bad the ugly obviously going to get to some of your calls straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line but I'll tell you straight up Raider Nation this is kind of how it goes down man usually I come in here and I knock out the podcast and I have a few little notes that I have with me that I want to make sure I touch on you know I'll have a couple things that I want to point out is specifically for the show and so I'll have that kind of written out or typed out or whatever like that and I'll just refer to it during the show but you know Raider Nation I don't think it's going to be like that on today's show just after digesting that whole game after watching that whole game and knowing that the Minnesota Vikings are a really good team and that division is really tough and the Raiders got to face every team in that division I totally get that I just kind of think that I just want to say what's over on my mind, whatever's coming to my head, and, you know, just go from there. And like I said, I'll definitely have some calls on today's show. That'll come up in segment number three. I'll try to find some positives that I'll, that I'll touch on. Maybe I'll do that in segment number two. Matter of fact, I will. I'll touch on the, the positives in segment number two. But here in segment number one, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a straight shooter, man. I'm going to give you a straight shot, let you know exactly what's on my mind, let you know exactly how I feel like it went down after watching that game. And full disclosure, I didn't get to see the game as it was going on. Uh, A lot of people were hitting me up on Twitter throughout the game. I was at the Cowboy game. I was at the Cowboy-Miami Dolphin game because I just had to go. I had to go cover for the radio station ESPN Central Texas. I just had to go do it. Uh, The guy that usually goes wasn't able to do it, so I was the next man up, so I had to go. And so a lot of people saw me tweeting about the Cowboys and the Dolphins and kept hitting me up like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't care about the Cowboys score, but I said, yeah, well, my job does. (laughs) My job cares that I'm on on the job doing what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, about to head down to the locker room, do some interviews and stuff like that. So I did that. So what I did is I just recorded the game, and of course I watched it when I got home, already knowing what the score was. I mean, there's no way that I was going to try to escape the score and not know. So, uh, you know, Mama Q kept me up, up to date on what the score was, but I just wanted to see what the play on the field looked like. Knowing that the Raiders lost, I already knew that. I wasn't even in a bad mood. I just wanted to see how they played, what they looked like. I saw a lot of Derek Carr slander on Twitter. saw a lot of John Gruden slander on Twitter, and I just wanted to know what it was all about. So this is what I'm going to talk about here in this segment. And really, first and foremost, coming out of that game on Sunday against the Vikings, I don't know what this Raiders team identity is. I think that the Raiders have a very big identity crisis. I I really, really do. And I don't know how you're going to fix it. I don't know how they're going to fix it during the season. It's something that you have to decide that you're going to do in the offseason and then go ahead and do it and stick to your guns. Like, is this a power-running team? 
Is this a team that wants to run the ball and dominate and really be a ground-heavy team? Or is this a team that wants to throw the ball around the yard 35 or 40 times? I don't think the Raiders are built to throw the ball around the yard 35 or 40 times. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think it's in the interest of the Raiders, the coaching staff, the fans, anybody, if you see Derek Carr drop back to throw the ball 35 to 40 times. I just don't. One, the Raiders don't have a number one wide receiver. I said this last week, and I know a couple people hit me up and said, you know, give Tyrell Williams a chance. Again, I don't think the Raiders have a number one wide receiver. Tyrell Williams is a nice wide receiver, but he's a nice compliment. You know what I mean? It's like really good side dish. He's not the main course. The Raiders need a main course, and that's the reason why they tried to roll the dice and go after A.B. because they knew he could be the number one dude. They needed that number one talent without that number one foolishness. Obviously, that wasn't going to be had, so they had to scrap that idea. They still don't have a number one wide receiver, so that's the issue. That's one issue if you're going to try to throw the rock around the yard 35 to 40 times. Are you that team, or are you a team that wants to get 100 yards a game rushing, 150 yards a game rushing, and build your team about around your running game, similar to what the Dallas Cowboys did. When you remember, if you remember, the Dallas Cowboys, when they drafted Ezekiel Elliott, they said, this is going to be the bread and butter of our team. Our offensive line is going to be really good, and our running back is going to be really solid. And that's, oh, and oh, by the way, we got this quarterback in the fourth round that we think might be something, but that wasn't even the plan to play him. Remember, he was an accident, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Romo was the quarterback. They had a backup. Both of those guys get injured in, in training camp, and all of a sudden, Dak Prescott, who the Cowboys didn't even really want. They wanted Paxton Lynch, and then they wanted Connor Cook, neither of which of those guys are even in the league right now. They went to this guy. That was their, their last resort. Well, we'll go ahead and grab Dak Prescott. Prescott ended up working out really well because, well, the Cowboys already had a plan in place. They had a really good offensive line, and they decided Zeke Elliott was going to be, he was going to be the dude. When the Cowboys are good is when their running game is solid, and then everything else around them works. So are the Raiders trying to be a power running team? Or are they trying to be a team that is going to try to sling the ball around the yard like the Chiefs? And I know that everybody says you want to be balanced. You don't want to be one way or the other. But you still know the identity of a team. Each and every team in the league I can go through and tell you the identity of that team unless they're a really bad team. Right now, the Raiders don't have an identity. They're on the back of a milk carton, but they don't have their name. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a symbol. The symbol's there, but you don't know the name because you don't know the identity of who the Raiders are right now. I don't know the identity. I think with Josh Jacobs, they need to be a run-heavy, run-oriented team that can sling the ball around the yard about 20 times, 20, 25 times a game. I don't want to see Derek Carr going over 30 passes a day. I don't. If Carr goes over 30 passes a game, I think the Raiders are in trouble. I think that the Raiders need to commit to the run. The only problem is every time they try to commit to the run or if they think that they're going to commit to the run, if that's the game plan going in, guess what happens? They get behind so far that the run game gets eliminated. Josh Jacobs ran the ball 10 times on Sunday. 10 times, 44 yards, no catches out of the backfield either. They did try to throw it to him twice, but no catches. 10 carries, 44 yards, you can't do that. He had 12 carries a game before. You can't do that. If you're committing to the run, you got to run, damn it. Run the rock, run the rock, run the rock. I know they got down. I know it was like 28-7 at one point. It was 21-7 at halftime. I get it. But if you're gonna, if that's who you are, you need to commit to who you are. Right now, the Raiders have no identity. That's their biggest problem. What else I saw from the team when I watched the game? The effort, it just didn't look like they, they were competing. A lot of missed tackles, a lot of penalties, a lot of penalties to keep drives alive. That's not okay. That's undisciplined football. You know, remember John Gruden and Hard Knocks? We're going to lead the league in effort. No, you're not. Right now, you're almost last in effort. You know, you know who leads the league in effort right now? From what I saw on Sunday, being in Arlington Stadium, watching the Cowboys against the very underdog Dolphins, 
The Dolphins had a hell of a lot of effort on Sunday. No, they didn't win the game. No, they got blown out. But you know what? They were competing. At halftime, the game was close. Now, it got a little out of control in the second half. I get that. But the Dolphins were out there competing. Josh Rosen was out there competing. He was running. He was putting his body on the line. Players were out there making plays. I saw effort from the Miami Dolphins. When I watched the game, when I turned on the TV and watched the game of the Raiders, I saw a lack of effort. Now, I don't know. There could be a, a bunch of different reasons for that. Matter of fact, I, I can't take this for myself. P.E. in North Carolina, he hit me up. When I told him, I felt like a lot of the issues going on with the game was lack of effort, a lot of miscues, lack of creativity. But to me, it all goes back to effort. That's what I said. And P.E. said, I agree with those points. A coach told me once a lack of preparation, not believing in a coach, staff, or game plan, or not knowing what you're supposed to be doing can look like a lack of effort on the field. So I wonder what we're dealing with here. That's a damn good question, P.E. That's a damn good question because I would like to know because what I saw made it look like a lack of effort. I hate to think that this team three games in is already starting to mail it in. I know a lot of guys got injured. A lot of guys went down. Markel Lee went down. Vontez Burfin went down. I mean, everyone's Jonathan Hankins went down. Guys just kept dropping like flies. I get it. Nicholas Morrow dropped. I get it. But the effort just didn't look like that was there. Something I preached about on this podcast over and over and over, and I'm going to continue to preach on it, is effort. There's one thing that each and every one of those players and each and every one of those coaches can control. There's one thing in my life I can control. I can't control anything else in life, but I can control one thing, and that is my effort. And if my effort is not up to par, if my effort is not over the top, then there's a problem with me. I got to look in the mirror. And there was a couple of the players after the game that talked and said, hey, if players are okay with losing like this, with getting our tails whooped like this, you need to look in the mirror because there's a problem with you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. If you're okay with taking the tail whooping, 34-14, and really, it wasn't even that close because that last touchdown was a garbage time touchdown. That was one of those famous Derek Carr uh, put 70 yards of garbage stats on his stat line and a touchdown, and oh, well, at least keeping up with the Joneses as far as stats go. And that, all, that happened plenty of times. That happened a lot of times in 2018, if you remember correctly. Derek Carr came up with a bunch of garbage stats and a bunch of garbage touchdowns, and I'm not trying to dog him in particular. I'm dogging the whole team because what I saw on Sunday was very unacceptable as far as just Game plan, preparation, execution, and effort. All that. And they all go together. They're all in one big bunch. It was just bad. I just don't get it. I don't understand. We talked all offseason long. And I know that the, during the offseason we were talking about with A.B. But even without A.B., we continue to say the Raiders have a lot more talent on the roster this year. They got a lot better players this year. They got some guys that are leaders, guys that expect to win, guys that come from winning programs, Clemson guys, Bama guys, Mississippi State guys. You know, I mean, that's all we talked about, including myself. I believe that this is going to be, you know, a, a tough season. I didn't think it was going to be a playoff season, but I did think that we would see improvement, at least in the way they play. I don't mind taking an L. I could take an L, but it's the way that you lose. And if you lose the way that you lost on Sunday, that's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing to lose because only one team could win. It's embarrassing to get your tail whooped and look like you don't even care. It looked like they pinned their tail between their legs and just kept it moving. That's embarrassing. Lack of effort is embarrassing. There's more passion that I'm seeing from the fan base. There's more passion that I'm hearing from the fan base. There's more passion that I'm reading from the fan base than I'm seeing on the field from the players. That's when it becomes a problem. So I'm not trying to say the sky is falling. I know it's only three games into the season. The Raiders are one and two, and they're on a tough stretch. 
They got five games away from the Coliseum before they ever touch back down. Matter of fact, the next time they play in the Coliseum, it'll be my birthday, November 3rd. They're not playing in the, in the Coliseum until my birthday. So you know that they're going to be away for quite a while. All these teams are going to be tough, including the one they got coming up against Indianapolis, who's 2-1 and one on the season, who should be 3-0. and oh. If they had a, a, a real good Adam Vinatieri, an old-school Adam Vinatieri that was really good, they'd be 3-0 and oh right now. So even though they don't have Andrew Luck, they still got, got ways to win games. Think about that. Their quarterback retires before the season starts. You think that they're going to take a big old drop, and they're 2-1. and one. After three games, should be 3-0. and oh. Absolutely should be 3-0. and oh. They're executing. They're operating. They're playmaking. They have good plans. Their coaching staff is, is executing what they need to do. Their players are executing what the coaching staff wants them to do. They believe in what they're doing. What is wrong with the Raiders? All of the above? I, I, I don't, it's just very, very frustrating to see that kind of effort, knowing that it's a road trip, knowing it's your first road game. Yes, it's going to be difficult to win. I, I mapped it out on Friday. I knew it was going to be tough to win. Dalvin Cook is a dog back there in the running back position. I said keep him under 100 yards. You need to keep him around 50 or 60. He went over 100. He got, what, 115, something like that? He even caught four passes out of the backfield, 33 yards. So he was very, very active. What did he do? How, did, how much did he run for? 16 times, 110 yards and a touchdown. Josh Jacobs ran the ball 10 times. 44 yards. The style that Minnesota plays, in my opinion, the run sets up everything else. That's what John Gruden wants to do. The run's going to set up the pass. The run's going to set up the rest of his game plan. That's, I believe that that's the identity John Gruden wants, but that's not the, the identity that John Gruden's rolling with. He's not, he's not doing that. He's not executing that. He's not calling those plays. Every week, if you go back and look at the, even the first 15 plays that are scripted, it's not the, it's not basic, it's not the same script. It's a different script that doesn't meet the same criteria as the week before. You are who you are. I keep saying all the time, Tigers don't change their stripes. It's almost like John Gruden wants to have different stripes on all the time. You can't change your stripes. Be who you are. But be a, have an identity and stick to it. I like John Gruden a lot. I was thrilled when he came back as head coach. Everyone knows that. I've been on record and said that multiple times. I'm not going to run from that. I'm not going to hide from that. I'm not going to not own that. I will. But I'm confused by what he's trying to do here through three weeks of the season because nothing has been consistent. Nothing. And you have Josh Jacobs, and I know I've said his name a lot, but you have Josh Jacobs and you only use him as a one-trick pony instead of a three-trick pony. You know what I mean? He can run, he can catch, and he can block. Right now you're just using him in the minimal, the minimal run game and blocking every once in a while. You're not getting him involved in the passing game at all. And it's not just dump-offs that he could do. There's a lot more that he can do. You just got to get creative. I'm just getting confused. Like I said, this show today is just kind of off script because I really don't want to go through and talk about every single stat or every injury or every, you know, play that was a big play. I just kind of, my collective thoughts, just want to go ahead and get that out. You're going to hear some calls in segment number three. A lot of people getting their frustrations out, what they're seeing on the field through three games. You're going to hear that coming up in segment number three, calls off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. I'd love for you to chime in, though, and tell me what do you think the identity of the Raiders are? What do you think the identity of the Raiders are supposed to be in 2019? Because I right now am confused at what the identity is or what they're even aiming for. 707-654-4693. There were some positives to take away. There wasn't many. There was a few positives. I'll touch on that coming up in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about Vivid Seats. 
Vivid Seats is the online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. Now, I'm not talking about getting tickets to go to the Oakland Coliseum because, like I said before, you don't need no tickets till November 3rd. So if you're looking for something in the near future, in the next couple days, maybe there's a concert coming to town. Maybe there's a concert out of town that you want to go to. Vivid Seats could hook you up. They help fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and a lot more. And they use the Vivid Seats app. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience as well as an in-app loyalty program called the Vivid Seats Rewards. You go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are going to be automatically enrolled in that Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So go ahead and do that now. Download the app. Go on, get your tickets. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. When you're getting ready to check out, use the promo code KICKOFF, and you'll receive a discount of up to $100. So, again, when you're getting ready to check out, when you're using that Vivid Seats app, you'll be enrolled in that Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. But on top of that, when you use the promo code KICKOFF at checkout, you'll receive a discount of up to $100. So go ahead and make that happen. Segment number two, it's on the way. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Monday, September 23rd, 2019. Your boy Q here with you. You can always find me on Twitter if you're looking at your boy Q254. I usually respond ASAP if you hit me up, send me a message, a tweet, whatever. It's all good. Again, that's at your boy Q254. And the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line number is always 707 654 4693. Got out my frustrations in segment number one. Just kind of riffed on the game, what I thought about the game, what I thought about the overall effort, the play of the team, the calls of the coaches, all that. Just got all that stuff. Kind of cleansed my body in segment number one. So here in segment number two, just going to talk about a couple guys that stood out on the positive side as far as the Raiders go. And first and foremost, it's got to be Darren Waller. Tight end Darren Waller in his first real season of action where he's the go-to guy. He's the number one tight end. He only had six catches in 2018. He had 13 catches on 14 targets for 134 yards on Sunday alone. Again, 13 catches on 14 targets, 134 yards, and really should have been 14 to 14. There was that pass in the first quarter, in the first half, excuse me, going into halftime that Derek Carr threw to him. Yeah, it was a little high, but Darren Waller went up there, and I guess he just timed it wrong or it bounced off his hand, something, but should have been a catch. The big man should have brought it down. That could have been a big catch and would have extended the drive, and who knows what happens. I know John Gruden said after the game that the Raiders would have scored a touchdown, or, well, at least they would have scored. That's not guaranteed. You just never know, but it would have extended the drive, and that would have been a big one. But Darren Waller's been playing some big balls so far for the Raiders all three games this year. He's done a heck of a job, either been the leading receiver or the second highest leading receiver. And on Sunday, he was the leading receiver again, 13 catches for 134 yards. He now has 267 yards on 26 catches on the season. 26 catches. He had six in 2018. I mean, man, that's that's amazing. I know he was on the practice squad for the Baltimore Ravens, but this dude is really, really breaking out. If the Raiders could keep him healthy and keep feeding him the rock, he's in for a big-time season. And again, nobody's thinking about Jared Cook, who left to go to New Orleans as a free agent and really hasn't done a whole lot of anything so far in 2019. 
But back to Darren Waller and what he's done so far for the Raiders in 2019 makes it feel like it's going to be another one of these years where the tight end is the leading receiver. And that is going back to the point of the Raiders don't have a number one wide receiver. It should never be the tight end being the number one guy. But the way that Darren Waller's playing, and this is no knock on him, the way he's playing and the way that he's opening himself up for Derek Carr and Derek Carr is comfortable getting him the rock, he looks like he's going to be the leading receiver. Again, he has 26 catches already on the season and uh, he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. So now it's up to John Gruden to figure out how to get him more involved in the offense and get him in the end zone because he's had all these catches, 26 catches, over 200 yards, but he needs to get into the end zone now, and that's something that the Raiders in general need to do. In week two against the Chiefs, they only come away with 10 points. Week three against the Vikings, only 14 points. The defenses that they're going to be playing coming up are still going to be tough. They're going to have to figure out ways to scheme it up and get into the end zone. They had a, a, a nice little offensive performance in week one against the Broncos, who has a good defense. But the Raiders were able to scheme them up and actually get in the end zone and score multiple touchdowns. They really have not done that since then. I don't care what your defense looks like. And look, the Raiders' defense does not look good. But if they only score 14 points and 10 points, they're not going to win very many games. That's just bottom line. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. If that's the point you're putting up, you're not going to win very many games. On Sunday, you saw the return of J.J. Nelson. He's a guy that I've talked about quite a bit. Haven't seen him since the second week of the preseason when he hurt his ankle. He had been out the whole time. Well, he made an appearance on Sunday, and he made his presence felt. Four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Only problem is 29 yards and a touchdown came on one play. (laughs) One play, and that was the flea flicker play. That was pretty creative. That's something that John Gruden goes to quite a bit. Did that a lot in 2018. Had the flea flicker, used it with Marshawn Lynch a lot. Now he's doing it with Josh Jacobs, and that's fine. I don't really care you got to find a way to get into the end zone and he did that so you got to give JJ Nelson credit for that but still did not have a a big day receiving didn't have that I'm going to take the top off the defense type day he is a burner but you never saw him get down the field and Derek Carr take any shots it's just something that you haven't seen from Derek Carr uh, in quite a while you haven't seen him taking any shots everything has been eight yards or less you know, pretty much. And and again, that's uh, part Derek Carr's fault. That's part John Gruden's fault because that's his offense. That's just kind of what he's doing. He's trying to get those quick passes out of his hands and, uh, and get those yards after the catch. And look, Derek Carr still took four sacks on the day. So even though they're trying to make an effort to get the ball out of D.C.'s hands as quick as possible, he still took four sacks. I mentioned it on Friday that the defensive ends, the defensive tackles for the Minnesota Vikings, that defensive line in general, they're all dogs. Well, you saw the dogs on display. They were absolutely on display on Sunday. Everson Griffin was a monster. Daniil Hunter was a monster. Eric Kendricks, the linebacker, was a monster. I mean, they got dudes. They absolutely got dudes on that defensive line. Actually, they got dudes on every level of that defense, and they were all on display on Sunday against the Raiders. They just couldn't get off and couldn't get anything, but that defensive line was giving Derek Carr some fits, wasn't it? Yeah, buddy. Speaking of Derek Carr, if you're interested in his numbers, he went 27 for 34, had 247 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. But again, I'll say, even though he only had seven incompletions and he had two touchdowns, he had the interception that there's no reason for him to throw. No reason for him to throw that interception. He just got happy feet in the in the pocket. He never settled down. He overthrew his attended receiver, and boom, right into the safety's hands. He did get those two touchdowns. One was in garbage time, and about 70 of those yards was in gar- garbage time as well. So really, even though the numbers say that it was a decent day for Carr, it really wasn't that decent of a day for Carr. And I know a lot of people are going to open up that conversation about, well, Derek Carr's not the guy. A lot of people want to unpark the car. They want to get into that conversation again. And, you know, I mean, it's... It's not like it's not fair. It, it, it really is. I mean, we can go back and forth every day and talk about Derek Carr. Is he the guy? Isn't he the guy? But my question is always going to remain, at least the rest of this year, if not D.C., then who? Mike Glennon? Nate Peterman's on IR. Don't forget about that. He's on IR till week eight. 
So you can't say, well, go put Peterman in. Better off with him. He's out to at least week eight. Mike Glennon, you think he's any better? I don't. So right now it is what it is. My guy Hunter Renfro came up with three catches for 28 yards. Uh, you know, he, he's, he is who he is. He's going to catch balls right around the first down yardage. I mean, that's what he's going to do. I think Derek Carr is going to continue to look at him. I know he had about eight targets in week two against the Chiefs. I think he only had four targets uh, on Sunday against the Vikings, but that's fine. You know, again, I, I never said that he's going to have big-time numbers. He's not going to have a big, large amount of catches, but he'll have quality catches, in my opinion. I think Hunter Renfro, the rookie out of Clemson, will be just fine. Tyrell Williams chipped in another three catches, 29 yards and a touchdown. That garbage time touchdown, like I mentioned a few times already, that's what that was. Josh Jacobs, probably the most disappointing, not his fault. Only carried the rock 10 times for 44 yards. And, um, you know, he's the leading rusher on the team. But, again, when you're only getting the ball 10 times and you're only able to go 44 yards, that's a nice average, 4.4 yards a carry. But he needs more touches. And I really don't care if you give him the ball in the backfield, if you throw him the rock, you just need to get Josh Jacobs the ball. I know he was dealing with the injury. He was also dealing with the sickness. But he was back out there. Yes, they were spelling him in and out, him and DeAndre Washington. I think that they could be a a, a nice one-two punch. Him and DeAndre Washington could be a nice one-two punch. Uh, I've said it multiple times. Jalen Richard scares the mess out of me because ball security. And, well, you saw what he did on the punt return. He uh, he dropped the ball, put the ball on the ground. Really got lucky that the Vikings didn't recover that because that would have been disastrous. But, yeah, Jalen Richard always scares the mess out of me just whenever he has the ball in his hands because I always feel like he's going to put it on the ground. And, look, having Dwayne Harris out, that was bad. That was really bad, and we knew that uh, his ankle injury was something major when they went and uh, made a trade with the Green Bay Packers and brought in a guy that's specifically going to do that, kick return and punt return, but didn't think he had enough time to be ready for the game on Sunday. So uh, we'll see moving forward what happens. I'm expecting Dwayne Harris probably not to play again this week, and, and that's just a gut feeling just based off the fact, that, again, that you went out and you made a trade for a guy that does exactly what Dwayne Harris does. I feel like Dwayne Harris is probably going to be out for quite a while. He'll be on the shelf for a bit. Hopefully this week the Raiders are able to incorporate Trevor Davis into the game plan, get him caught up to speed on what he needs to do so at least he could try to be a kick returner and a punt returner, if not go out there and maybe be a wide receiver and help stretch the field. But who knows? Again, that's kind of a mystery right now, and John Gruden's got to go back to the lab and figure out something and get this offensive clicking because right now they're, they have no rhythm. Uh, they're, they're not creative. Uh, the defense knows exactly what's coming. The offensive line is not clicking yet. Uh, Richie Incognito was back out there at the left guard position, but uh, even with his presence there, Colton Miller was still getting worked, and uh, Trent Brown was getting worked on the other end, and I know he's banged up a little bit, but at some point, man, you got to be able to hold up and you got to be able to get creative offensively, and right now the Raiders are neither. So I know I said that that segment was going to be a positive segment, and some of it was, especially when I was talking about Darren Waller and what he was able to bring to the table and talked a little bit about J.J. Nelson, gave him a little bit of props, even though I'm not a big fan of his. Either way, uh, that was probably the positive part, Hunter Renfro getting a couple catches. But besides that, man, it's still a bunch of questions, still a bunch of mysteries, and you, you, I'm not going to put lipstick on a pig and blow smoke up your tail. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell it how it is, and you know, some people are going to like it, some people aren't going to like it, but either way, it's what it is right now. When you're a one and two team and you don't look very good, good even out there competing don't even look like you're doing that yeah I know that you really only got beat up in in game two against the Chiefs in one quarter but either way this last game against the Vikings you just got your tail whooped each and every quarter there is one more positive and it's probably the most important positive out of everything well if you look at it you look at the division yeah the Chiefs are three and oh in the division not a surprise but the Raiders are one and two 
The Chargers are 1-2, and two, and the Broncos are 0-3. Oh so if you're looking for a silver lining, if you're looking for something to kind of hang your hat on and say, well, there's still a chance, well, the good thing is that the, the Chiefs are the only team that's undefeated in the division, and, well, the rest of the division is not very good. Right now the Raiders are 1-2, and two, Chargers 1-2, and, and Broncos 0-3. Oh so technically the Raiders are tied for second right now in the AFC West. So it's not the end-all, be-all, but at the same time it's something. So th- there's that. Got your calls coming up in segment number three, 707-654-4693. I'm going to tell you right now, though, about Blue Chew. And it's so funny how many people hit me up and tweeted at me during the game and said, man, you need to give the Raiders some Blue Chew. They need an extra boost. They need some extra oomph. Well, I'm not giving the Raiders a Blue Chew, but, uh, fellas, I'm suggesting Blue Chew to you if you do need it. Maybe you need a little extra oomph. Maybe so you can go a little bit longer than the first quarter. You know, you get out to a good start, but you want to continue. You want to continue throughout the whole course of the game, right? You don't want to just be in a good start in the first quarter. You want to go all four quarters, right? Well, Blue Chew will help you do that. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. It's like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it's going to work. Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit. No waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no more awkwardness. And since they're made in the USA, Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, specials for all Locked On Raider podcast listeners. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E. Chew.com promo code locked on to try it for free. So maybe they'll send a shipment to the to the Raiders facility in Alameda. Tell them, hey, here you go. Here you go, fellas. Here's a little bit of Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You need it. They got it. We thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Raiders podcast. Seven number three is on the way. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we are, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kicking the week off on Monday, September 23rd, 2019. Your call straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Rick in the 913, calling to speak on the game and possibly tempering the expectations for Raider Nation this season. Here he is, Rick in the 913. Hey, Q, this is uh, Rick in the 913. Um, just chiming in on the day's action and i'm sure you've got a lot of call and um i guess you're gonna look for the bright side because you like to do that and um nothing wrong with that i'm not knocking it i'm just uh i guess darren waller is our bright side um looks like we have a good tight end but it looks like we are really uh far behind the rest of the league and i don't i don't think we have a number one wide receiver yet i think we have well i think we have some good steps in the receiver direction and uh i i just think we're a little further behind than what we thought i think the antonio brown thing is uh is gonna bite us because we we did sell our soul so to speak and that didn't work out and i'm not against what we did because that's what had to happen and that's obviously it's not we're not the only team that feels that way but um i'm pretty unhappy. I didn't get to actually see much of the game because I only have red zone access. And as you can imagine, there wasn't much of the Raiders on the red zone today because there wasn't much highlights to see from the Raider game. But um, I think we're going to have to temper our expectations this year. And there is a a draft class next year that has a lot of uh, things that we need. So we'll see where we land. I don't see a 
I don't have a lot of optimism because it's not that we lost. I kind of expected to lose to Minnesota, but I was really thinking we would be competitive, and um, we weren't. So let's just to say that I'm tempering my expectations. I'm still uh, keeping a positive outlook on the season, that we will end up in a good spot and improve, and that's what we need to concentrate on is just improving and uh, thanks for everything you do, because I'm not going to miss, uh, I won't miss a day of your prod- podcast, and it's great, and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Rick does not believe the team has a number one wide receiver, and I have to agree 100%. Waller is really, really solid, but unfortunately, the offense is not very creative. It's just, right now, it's not very creative, and that's on John Gruden. That's on Greg Olson. That's on the coaching staff. They've got to find a way to get these really good athletes and put them in a really good position to make this offense click. It clicked in week one. It hasn't clicked then. It really clicked on the first drive of week two, but we haven't seen anything that looks like a a real successful offense since then. So they got to figure out a way to get this jump started and get things going. Rick, appreciate that call 100%. And yeah, they need a lot more uh, more success in the red zone for sure. Mikey, the barber in the 916, he's calling next, calling out of Sacramento, calling with his thoughts on the game and sharing his frustrations with the game. Here's Mikey, the barber. What up, Q? It's Mikey, the barber from Sacktown. Just calling to comment on the, the uh, atrocious loss that we just experienced. Um, I don't know. I kind of attribute it to a lack of imagination on the on the play calling, man. And I mean, a defense didn't look that great, but I mean, I don't know. It just felt like we were just doing a lot of vanilla plays. Didn't really throw the ball to Jacobs, man. Even though I know he was sick, but shit, mix it up a bit, man. I feel like they're they're being way too predictable. I don't know. Some some has to be done. And uh, car as far as car. I don't know if I can give up on him just yet. You know, he's still making them them little bonehead interceptions every once in a while, and I get it. I get everyone's frustration, but it's like, man, it's not just him, man. This this whole entire team needs a needs a, needs some help. So I don't know. Talk to you later, man. It's always good to hear from you, my man. Definitely appreciate that. And, you know, everything is not on D.C., but D.C. is going to carry a lot of the weight. He really is going to carry a lot of the weight. Uh, we parked the car conversation for a while. There's three games in. He had one really good game against Denver and then two mediocre games. So you know that the, the snowball is brewing. You know what's coming on the way. I know I saw a lot of Derek Carr slander on Twitter, a lot of Derek Carr slander. So I'm not going in, and that's why you didn't hear me on the podcast. Just pile on him, pile on him, pile on because that's too easy at this point. It's easy just to go ahead and, and pick on him and say, oh, he's the biggest reason. There's a lot of reasons for the success and not and lack of success for the Raiders right now. Again, sitting at one and two on the season, not looking very good. Matter of fact, there's a reason why I didn't pile up because this next call, WAP! He's calling with a very emotional call. You know how he gets. He's going in on Derek Carr. He's absolutely going in on Carr, the play of the quarterback position. He's not happy with the coaching staff. And you know he's a very emotional dude. Here he is, WAP! Got to let it out. Q... Oh my god, it's WAP. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Can we just officially come out and say that Derek Carr is not a QB number one? He may not even be a good QB number two. Six years we have been dealing with this. One year, 2016, he was on fire. The rest, he's a dumpster fire. I mean, it's horrible. I cannot back up this mediocrity anymore. It's just, it's horrible. 
I just, I don't, I don't want to belittle the man, but he does not have what it takes to make it in this league. I'm sorry. I mean, how many more years do we need to watch this? We're struggling to put points on the board. We can't even get past 14 points. That's horrible. The Dolphins scored more points than us today. The Bills are 3-0. and The Bills! What? I just don't get it. How is this still rebuilding when we haven't even gotten the foundation for a building to go up? We're redoing the foundation every other year. We, we got rid of the wrong guys. We should have gotten rid of Derek Carr in 2017. This is just not good football. It's not good coaching. Paul Gunther, what are you doing, man? What is this defense doing? Did they all smoke weed? Are they slow? Like, what are they thinking? Everyone's getting injured. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It's not good football. It's ugly football. It's bad. This is bad for fans. I mean, John Gruden looks like a monkey trying to screw a banana. He has no idea how to, how to game plan. We're just, we look horrible. The guys don't look motivated. They're, they're just, ah, a second game where we get our cheeks busted in. When can we just bench him and put somebody else in? Sometimes that may be the what he needs. Maybe he needs to go on the bench and watch someone else until he finds his confidence or whoever he is. Derek Carr looks like everything wrong and everything that went wrong with Kerry Collins, Derek Carr looks like. He looks worse. I mean, Eli Manning looks way better than Derek Carr. We can't even get three yards. He passed to Jalen Richard when he was, I mean, he got, he caught the ball and got immediately stuck. What kind of play is that? Ah, it's ugly. I hate it. I'm sorry, but Raider Nation, I cannot. Totally understand the frustration right now. I, I get it, man. You know, D.C. after two games hasn't been great, or the last two games really hasn't been great. But, again, like I said in segment number two, if not Carr, then who? Glennon? Kaiser? Peterman? Peterman's on IR. Kaiser don't know the offense. Glennon's no good. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Again, if it's not D.C., who is it? You got Peterman on IR for at least eight weeks if that's who you want. Just going to throw that out there. So uh, you let me know. Somebody let me know. If not D.C., then who? This is who the Raiders have to ride with this season, 2019, because the options behind him are not very good. Raider Mike, you're up next. He's pretty upset about what he saw from the team the last two games after getting off to a pretty good start in week one. Here's Raider Mike. Yo, Q, what's up, Raider Mike? Uh, I don't know what's going on with the effort in this team. I, I just don't understand it. We have one week. We come out, we look, we look good. The next week, we come out, we have one bad quarter. Kansas City puts up 28. Whole second half, where they don't get a point. I'm not going to say the defense was particularly, particularly, particularly well, but they still, we didn't let up a point to one of the best quarterbacks in the uh, National Football League. We didn't let up one point in the second half. This week, these dudes come out here and play like garbage. Like, where is the motivation? And I get it. You know, we're not expected to win these games. I understand that. We're not expected to win these games. But where is the effort? Where is it? They literally go out there and they play. They, they literally they didn't want to play. 
I don't understand how you can go from having, a, you know, a bad game the second week, and you come up the third week and look even worse. And it's the t- it's, and it's I don't know. I'm not being negative. I'm being truthful. It's the same stuff year after year after year after year. And it, it just caused it's so much frustration in this fan base, man. Like it, it's just getting old. And Carr, I don't know what's going. Q, I don't know whether you would want. What would you expect? A trade, or should we start looking at a quarterback in the draft? I, I've had enough of this guy, man. I really have. Like, I understand it's a team effort, but if you can see the stuff this guy's doing in his sixth year, still making rookie mistakes, game after game after game, and it's the same stuff, man, and it's just it, it's just so annoying. You know, and then we get the same boring uh, post-game. Oh, that's me. It's my fault. That's all on me. Well, you ain't doing nothing to change it. You do the same stuff, same mistakes, and then you get some, you get some people who don't like the fact that people are off the car train. I mean, you have to be. Look at the piss-poor performances that this guy puts out there. I'm not letting that stat line get to me. I can't. I can't. It's a pretty good stat line, but it was probably garbage yards. I, I, I just don't know him, man. I, I love this team to death, and I always will, man, but it, this is just getting frustrating, man. Frustrating. we got to fix this. All right, Raider Mike, help. You know, and a lot of these frustrations come from the fact that Raider Nation, we as a fan base are so passionate, and we've been riding or dying with this team for so long, and there's been more dying than there has been uh, riding, right? There's been a lot more down than there has been positive, and so, uh, you know, a, a lot of us fans want to just be rewarded for our loyalty, for our, our passion, for the ones being out there supporting the team, buying the tickets, buying the jerseys, going out and getting direct TV so you can watch the game, calling into the podcast, doing a podcast. We all want to be rewarded. We all want to feel that joy and get that excitement, and we're not. So I, I understand these calls are a lot of frustration built up from years and years and years of unsuccessful football. I, I get it. I absolutely get it. I'm not mad at anyone who calls in and shares their frustrations. Next up, my man Vader Raider in the 303. You know he's frustrated in a major way. He's talking about the effort. He's talking about the coaches. He's talking about Derek Carr and more. Here's Vader Raider in the 303. What's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? Uh, I want to make this short and sweet. Well, maybe not that short. First of all, um, the loss, I mean, to not be competitive once again, uh, shows that we're not better than last year. Secondly, um, Paul Gunther, I'm tired of it. I've, I've had enough. I mean, you go to, you go to Minnesota and we're not even competitive. You know, this game is just as much on John Gruden and Derek Carr as it is on Paul Gunther because Gunther has allowed him, allowed, you know, some really bad plays to happen on his watch. This is worse than Ken Norton Jr. almost. So there's that. And I don't care. It, you know, it, it just gets worse and worse every week. Um, secondly, or last thing, for all you people in the carpool, I'm pulling the damn car out of the parking, the parking space, and it's on now. He's not winning. And I'm sick and tired of it. He's got till week eight or the halfway point of the season. If he doesn't improve, if he doesn't make some, if he doesn't look like he's getting any better, I want him gone. I don't want to trade for Rams anymore. He's not even going to come to this team. He's horrible. Horrible. It's not an overreaction either. So if anybody 
wants to get on here and say it's an overreaction, you're out of line and you're wrong because it's not an overreaction. This is two weeks now where we just look, we really look terrible. Okay, we look terrible as a team. You know, Minnesota's not that good, but we made them look like the Chiefs last week, honestly. So, Raider Nation, I know you're going to get on me for this, and I don't care. You know, I really don't because I'm done with it. I'm sorry. Car, cars got to the halfway point in the season. If there's not any improvement, I I want them gone. I thought I would give them till the whole year, but I'm sorry. It's a short leash. Baby Raider, out. Good call, my man. A really good call. And, and again, I'm not mad, man. Let it out. Let it out. Go ahead and, and let it rip. I'm not going to censor anyone. I'm not going to tell them don't say this. Don't bring up that conversation. I mean, hey, it, it's three weeks into the season, and the team is one and two, and the effort in the last game on Sunday did not look very good. You heard my frustrations in segment number one. I ain't mad at you. Going to get it out. Joe and KC, he's up next, calling in to chime in about the game, and he's not really going in on Carr. Instead, he's pointing the finger at John Gruden. Here he is, and he's pointing out what the Raiders are missing out on. Here he is, Joe and KC. What up, Q? It's your boy Joe out here in KC, man. Another tough loss. And I know a lot of people are going to have a lot to say about Eric Carr. I know he's trending on uh, Twitter right now and all that. But to be honest, what more can you ask for out of the quarterback? I mean, yeah, he threw that bad pass and he got intercepted. That was that was a bad bad pass. Just take that all day. That's going to happen throughout the course of the game. But I think we have to be more critical of Gruden. Uh, offensive play calling is too simplistic. You know, defenses are already they're, they're seeing it from a mile away. I mean, we come out in these one wide receiver sets and we think that we're just going to, you know, overpower everybody and hit everybody in the mouth. That's not going to work. I will say one thing about our offense. It also shows, like, we're really missing that one piece. And I hate to say it, but it's A.B. I wish you would have been Odell. I wish we would have got, you know, maybe somebody else in the draft. But you really see that we're really missing that outside receiver. And the rest of our receivers, they're all built for a certain role. And that role can't be exploited because, you know, we're missing that guy on the outside, you know. Tyrell Wills, he's a deep threat guy, but he's also hurt right now. Winfrey's underneath. But we need somebody that can spread out the offense. Uh, on the downfield, we need somebody to take that top off. And J.J. Nelson is too one-dimensional to do that. And, you know, we're just missing a guy like A.B. We need somebody with some versatility. Uh, but, again, I know we're just going to blame Carr for everything, but, you know, it's kind of hard to, to make something happen with these kind of weapons. And gruden has got to do more. I don't know we got to figure out something. He's got to modernize this offense a little bit. All right, man. Raiders go out. I agree 100%, Joe. The Raiders need a number one wide receiver. It is absolutely right. They rolled the dice on A.B. They needed the talent. They didn't need the headache. And unfortunately for the team, they didn't get either. They Well, they did get the headache, but they didn't get the talent. The talent never hit the field. Hell, the talent barely hit the field for the Patriots. Now the talent says he ain't even going to play in the league, and I'm sure he will. But anyway, he's, he's, uh, you know, he, he's a whole other story, but that is why – John Gruden and the Raiders rolled the dice on a guy like A.B. because they knew what they were going to need to help jumpstart this team and help try to win games. They were going to need a dude like A.B., and so they went after A.B. himself. So, again, it's not a it's not a good start to the season. It's not a good way to get some mojo going for your first game on the road. I totally get that. I will say this, and I feel, feel like this is a fair question as well because I've seen it floating around Twitter. I've had people ask me myself, 
uh, what I thought about this. And again, full disclosure, I'm a John Gruden guy. I do like John Gruden. I think that he's a good football mind. I think that he could get this team going in the right direction. The problem is, since he's come back to be a coach, he's only won five games. And we all know in the NFL, it is a production business. It's not about what you could do or what we think you have upstairs or, or what you've proven in the past. It's about production and what you do now. He's won five games since he's been back. Derek Carr doesn't have a whole lot of wins under his belt. Is this combination the combination that's going to get the Raiders to the next level? Is this combination going to help take the Raiders to being a respectable team again, getting the organization back where we as a fan base want it to be? Can John Gruden and Derek Carr be the right men for this job? That's a legit question. That's not me talking trash. That's a legit question. I think anyone who asks that question is in their right mind to ask that question. That is fair and legit. Can these two guys get the job done? John Gruden, Derek Carr. 707-654-4693. I'll leave you with that. You can chime in if you'd like. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have a lot more conversation about the game before we start to turn the page and, and look towards next week's game, which is the Indianapolis Colts, another game on the road. And full disclosure on that, let me tell you about this. You know I'm supposed to do a crossover edition every Wednesday. So on Sunday... Uh, one of the people from the Locked On Podcast Network emailed me and emailed the host of the Colts and said, hey, uh, look forward to hearing you guys' crossover on Wednesday. So I said, cool. So I responded immediately because I got something I have to do with ESPN Central Texas. I got to go to a Ranger game Tuesday night. So I was like, hey, is there any way that we, we can record the, the crossover edition on Monday night? I asked him straight up, can we record it Monday night, just the interview, because I won't be around Tuesday night. I got some stuff to do for my job. And... He proceeded to tell me, well, I'm moving on Monday and I'm moving on Tuesday so we could do it on Wednesday. And I said, well, Wednesday is when the show's supposed to post, so I, that's not going to work. How are we going to do the show on Wednesday? And all of a sudden it posts that morning. Well, he don't want to do the show till later in the afternoon and post it to like 5 o'clock evening, my time, central time. I think that'd be doing everyone wrong that listens to the podcast because normally I have my show up it's 9 o'clock, 9.15 central time every morning. I usually have it up by that time, so I just think that that would be a disservice. Uh, a lot of people listen to the podcast on their way to work, maybe at lunch. I just think if all of a sudden I don't get it up till 5 o'clock Central Time, uh, that's going to be the evening, and, and, and people are going to miss out on the show and not be able to hear it, so I don't want to do that. So anyway, so we're kind of beefing back and forth, so I don't think that I'm going to have him on the show, but I'm going to figure out something. So you probably won't hear the host of the Locked On Colts. Uh, he thinks that I'm very unprofessional, and because I was responding to him and telling them that I just have to do something else, he thinks I'm unprofessional and rude. That's fine, whatever. I just don't think it's very smart to post something at 5 o'clock in the evening on Wednesday and say, hey, here's Wednesday's show. I just don't think that'd be right, but that's just me. Maybe you can chime in on that too. If that would be okay for me to post a show after five o'clock in the evening, I just think that that's silly, but whatever, let me know. <laughs> I'm going to try to work on something else anyway. I got some people that cover the Colts. I could just reach out to them and do an interview, but it's not a locked on host. But either way, I mean, it is what it is. I just don't think that uh, he, he likes me very much. So whatever. <laughs> Again, it is what it is. So 707-654-4693. Until Tuesday, we'll have some more calls. We'll have some more thoughts. Probably hear from John Gruden, maybe Derek Carr as well. Enjoy your day. Be safe with whatever you're doing. And as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. 
This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.